And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. This is Talk of the Devils, the athletic podcast dedicated to Manchester United and that was the sound of the final whistle at Wembley Stadium as Manchester United won the EFL Cup. What a lovely day we've had out down in the capital. We're stood outside Wembley now, it's just over two hours after the final whistle here and I can tell you that the arch is looking absolutely resplendent in red. I'm stood with three gentlemen who you know well. They've all got smiles on their faces. Andy Mitten is looking well. He's nodding at me. Carl Anker is looking extremely well. And we'll come to that, certainly. And Laurie Whitwell, of course, has got his roll neck on for the occasion. Andy, um, United didn't play that well, but who cares? They've got a trophy, and that's the important thing. It is first trophy in six years. Feels great and pretty comfortable margin in the end. I thought at times Manchester United did play very well. They let Newcastle have the possession, but were more clinical they controlled it didn't they in that sense they did it's not a fully um, formed Manchester United team so this is what's going to happen and it's the same for Newcastle United and at 2-0 at half time I'm thinking we've done this 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 is not only a great win because it's a trophy but a great week coming a few days after that game against Barcelona looking forward to cup games Liverpool away it's just a brilliant time to be a Manchester United fan I can get used to this, to be fair. Beating Barca on a Thursday and then rocking up at the stadium in London on Sunday to lift the uh, Carabao Cup, as I think we're supposed to call it, in fairness. Um, Carl, what was the highlight of the day for you? Was it when you put your outfit together this morning? I did have a choice, you know, what what colour socks should I go with the loafers? So he's gone with pink socks, are they? Oh, pink pink socks. Sort of like an off sort of salmon colour yep. um, I can do my hair in his shoes they're so shiny <laughs> yeah there's some black patent shoes going on uh, there's a suit and tie as you'd expect absolutely it's a cup final it's not every tech day you see Manchester United play at Wembley it used to feel that way but it's been remarkable I really like there was a moment right near the death where uh, Newcastle had a throw-in and uh, Sabitzer was right in front of Ten Hag and he sort of pointed to both Newcastle defenders and went to tell him which one do you want me to cover Ten Hag sort of went it's up to you don't care now he turned around and tried to get McTominay in and then Ten Hag was like no don't worry about that and it's like Sabitzer trying to like hold two Newcastle men together uh, this is fun I'm, I'm enjoying the silliness of defending this this small throw in here um, yeah ridiculous I also really enjoyed the moment of when Jaden Sancho came through the mix zone uh, in the most Jaden Sancho way you can ever imagine. How does Jaden Sancho go through a mix zone then? Right, so uh, Andy Mitten is in a polite conversation with Valt Veghorses. Veghorses is telling his life story and how it's just brilliant to, to win your first bit of silverware or whatever. And we start hearing the stumping bass going, someone's someone's not put their headphones in. Someone's got some music going. 
And out comes Jaden Sancho holding a rucksack-sized Bluetooth speaker going, yes, boys! <laughs> uh, followed by uh, Lissandro Martinez, like, sheepishly holding the League Cup trophy. Uh, and Marcus Rashford as well. Uh, and, you know, they've all got massive smiles on their face. So you go, yeah, why not? Yeah, this absolutely. Yeah, Laurie, I, I sort of asked Andy a half-serious question about United not playing particularly well. But in a way... It's a compliment to this team that they don't have to play well in a cup final and they can walk home with a trophy in a comfortable 2-0 win. Yeah, massively. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to the days where Carl shows up in hoodie and sweats because that'll mean that United are winning. He's so bored of coming to Wembley all the time. again. Yeah. Yeah, not worth a suit. Um, but that is really important that actually, I mean, Ten Hag touched on it in his post-match he press did, conference. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Barcelona was only Thursday. It was, that was a huge emotional, uh, physical sort of toll on, on, the, on the team. And it's basically the same set of players, really. And Newcastle pose a totally different challenge that they're, you know, as he mentioned in his pre-match press conference, uh, quite attritional. In fact, it was kind of United taking on that role. I mean, David De Gea getting booked for time-wasting, the irony. Um, Brilliant, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> but they, they adapted, which is what he was, he was saying. And, and they, they gave themselves in the right way way were controlled I mean I love how much they celebrate the mundane aspects of defending uh, Martinez uh, Casemiro Dalot Varane you know these are guys I guess we touched on they, they've won Champions Leagues and they're, they're celebrating a blocked um, you know a blocked shot or a, a sort of shepherding out for a goal kick that's the kind of stuff I think that's what Ten Hag's touching on that where he's saying actually you know the adapting to Newcastle's role. I mean, Alan St. Maximan gave Dalot a really tough time, and, mm. and Tanag made a, a, you know the right substitution at our time, brought Bambasaka on. It was but, brilliant second half, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there we go. So you got that competition for places, which I think is a really integral part of what Tanag's trying to build. What stood out to you, Andy? Bambasaka at half time was a significant markup. I thought on uh, Diogo Dalot. I thought their best player was uh, Bruno Guimaraes. I think if you buy winners like Casimiro, his header was fantastic. The ball into him from Luke Shaw was splendid. You buy people like him and Rafael Varane and Lissandro Martinez and you start to win things like trophies because there's been a lot of really talented players here who've, who've won nothing. But Eric Tenag is bringing them together. He's moulding them as a team. We saw his coaches walk through the mix zone after the game. They're buzzing as well. It, it, it's all about the collective and I don't think it always has been. Marcus Rashford's having a great season. He came through, he saw Carl. He saw Carl's shoes before he saw Carl. <laughs> and then he gave Carl a big hug, which was nice. And seen Martinez come through. I've not seen as many Brazil and Argentina flags since the, the frontier between the two countries. It's a, it, 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 this is a great time to be a Manchester United fan. And I'm absolutely buzzing at the moment. It's been a long day. I'm absolutely knackered. I'm cold. Probably the only person out of my mates who hasn't had about 15 pints but I'm still buzzing but where, where are you going after this Andy you've got somewhere nice that you can rest your head haven't you oh, <laughs> what's it called I'm staying in an hotel Big called... Mama's Palace you said it was called <laughs> didn't you? it's 88 quid it's called the Mama Shelter and it's a nice hotel right I'm staying on me jack I've got a work what's it, what's it called the Mama Shelter are you sure it's a hotel mate, mate, it is achingly cool this hotel <laughs> it's right? one way to Why top you off there, the then? cup final day isn't it so I booked it, I'm thinking, that's convenient for me, I've got to get to Liverpool Street in the morning. And I read a broadsheet newspaper article last week which describes it as one of Britain's ten sexiest hotels. You're standing like a sore thumb then. I'm going to look like a right. <laughs> just walking in there, aren't I? Yeah, well, I'll let you know. I might be sm- I'm not going to be smiling, am I? I asked my wife if she wanted to come, she said no. You'll be yawning probably, won't you? You've had a very long day, you've had a lot of excitement here you had as well. a long coach journey, didn't you, as well? came down from Manchester on the monkey bus I mean yesterday I was walking through Urmston in Manchester and a fella crosses over at a pedestrian crossing he says you got to Wembley Mr Mitten yeah how are you getting there 
bus, me too, which one? Monkey bus, which one? Monkey bus. And all these shoppers look round, thinking there's a man just walking across a, <laughs> a crossing shouting, monkey bus, what on earth's going on here? Do we need to explain to people what the monkey bus is at this point? Well, they're basically like a load of primates who go on the bus and... I'm sat in among them all, minding my own business today. I get to Coventry and I get a phone call off a lad saying, oh, you're in charge of the bus. I went, what? Where are you? I thought you were at the front of the bus. But <laughs> no, I'm on the other bus. So suddenly I'm in charge of 51 people and then we get pulled over for a security check and they come on, get everybody off the bus and I'm thinking, how on earth have I got myself into this situation? I just want to go and watch Manchester United win a cup. I've now got people on my case asking when they're going to get a pint after the match. I'm not even going back to Manchester because I'm in the mama shelter. <laughs> Absolutely. For those Where listening else would you who's very be? concerned about Andy, please know we've got three, three packets of Maltesers to keep yeah. him over. Uh, can, I, can I just correct you, Carl? There's only two left because Andy's already had his hands in one. Well, Apologies. I've got to swear, so we're all good. <laughs> That's good preparation for cup final day. Uh, Let's go back to the football if we can. I'd love to talk about where you're staying tonight for the rest of this podcast. No, you wouldn't. You just try to get the rise out of it all (laughs) of you. But go on, talk about football. Casimiro has won 21 trophies now in his career. Rafael Varane has won 20. They've won 14 together. Yeah, yeah. How happy were they? Aesthetic. They've won. They've just won the league cup, and like someone needs to tell them that it's sort of not. The World Cup oh, or is, the Champions this League. Is, this is why you're a winner, right? So, Rafael Varane and Lissandra Martinez broke up part of this season to play in the World Cup final, and they're both thub thumping, celebrating the third biggest trophy in England. This is winners like winning all the time, and and there were bits of that game where, especially in the second half, that three of Rafael Varane, Martinez, and Casemiro are better man for man than most attackers in the Premier League and there were two or three times where in the world there were two or three times where Newcastle were trying to work the ball into the penalty area and you just knew one of them was going to pop up so Dallow had a really shaky first half which created low situations where Rafa over and swung over to right hand side and just cut things out and that's not really good football right that's a flaw Dallow wasn't doing his job but Rafa Ryan's so good in those one-on-ones and so good at delaying things, he can stop that. Same thing with Casemiro. If Newcastle got a good chance in central midfield because Casemiro wasn't everywhere at once. But if that happened, Martinez was there to make a block. There was one bit right at the, say, hour mark where Martinez just clamped down on uh, San Maximan. And you're like, well, this, this is it. Like, this second half's not going to have too much entertainment because those three in particular who love winning things are going to go, we know how to win finals. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Is it also because they've also all come from other clubs to England and this is like, yeah, we have won elsewhere other than Real Madrid, other than Ajax. And it's, I mean, the scale of Manchester United is is another level. I know Real Madrid is a huge club, but to do it in England as well, it it must feel personally like validation for the kind of player you are. Casemiro sort of made it his crusade to make Manchester United good again, hasn't (laughs) he? You know, all the stuff about the text message sat to his Mm. agent when he was watching the Brentford game and just the whole story behind that. I mean, this is vindication that, all right, it's only the League Cup and I guess Real Madrid will still win trophies without him, but, you know, he's come here and he's done this. And did you see him at the end with Bruno Fernandes? You know, he didn't... Bruno Fernandes clean through... Could have squared it to Scott McTominay and, and Jaden Sancho. Didn't add a shot. It was a decent shot, saved. Casemiro was like, you should have passed it. In, amidst all the celebrations, 
telling him hardly. And you sort of just think, okay, that's kind of the stuff in those moments. Clearly, there's you know there's uh, a joviality to it, but there's also a serious edge to it. And I think just as a wider point as well, and, and Tanag touched on this in the post-match press conference, and this is what I'm going to write my piece on. So thank, thankfully, he agreed <laughs> with me. But it's also for for a manager that manages like he does with his discipline, his rules, to get a trophy like this encourages buy-in from players it sort of shows you okay if you if you're with me it, it could be hard at times you know i might drop you if you're late for a team meeting i might send you to holland if you're not quite pulling up the trees you know fitness wise uh, and showing absolute dedication to what i'm trying to do um so but if you win a trophy you, you know this is just a small just step on, along the way and it was quite funny tenag actually brought the trophy into the press conference afterwards uh, gave a really interesting uh, press, press conference and then just got up and, and left. Afterwards. Forgot the trophy. Forgot the trophy. <laughs> you reminded him, I think. Well, didn't we had, you? We had, we, everyone just started pointing, you've, you've left the trophy there. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. And, and jokingly said, basically, um, don't worry, I've already got this one, there'll be more to come. Nice of him to say that. Just out of interest, it's just gone nine o'clock and we're in London. You need to drive home to Manchester. What on earth are you going to write this article? Uh, well, so what I've done is my dad's driving me home. Ah. So, so I, oh, I managed man. to get tickets for my dad, my cousin, my missus and her dad. And uh, I went to the Torch pub with them before the game just to get a sense of United fans. And it Light was absolutely flame, crushed. So to speak. I Light couldn't get flame. in the Torch. But I know we, we were just in there before you, I think, maybe. Yeah. Sorry, you, mate. You shut it when it you was, saw me. It was, it was pretty messy. It was pretty tight. To try and get to the bar. I went to the bar. A couple of Talk of the Devils listeners said hello, which was very nice. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, and and then yeah, so they've watched the game. They had great tickets, but yeah, my dad's currently waiting in the uh, level five of the red car park uh, just by Wembley, and I'm going to have to go meet him soon. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd need to give him a shout out to be fair. For that. Ian, uh, my dad, who took me to matches, so many matches when I was a kid. I've mentioned the New Camp, obviously, the Villa one that we went to, uh, in the '99 semi-final replay where we gave uh, some lads £10 to mind his car before we went in there and it was like one of those you know you have to have you, you, you need to pay you, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. otherwise your windows are getting you know bricks in uh, and then we came back afterwards had a great night obviously you know Giggs is taking his shirt off and showing everyone his chest hair and then we get back to the car and they're still there they actually did ah, watch the car wow. my mother was so happy he gave him another 20 quid fair play that's the, the only time that's ever <laughs> happened in history I think isn't it well of course if you want to read Laurie's article that he's going to write somewhere on the M6 M40 M1 depending on which route they take it'll be up on the Athletic very, very soon, probably about the time that this is reaching your ears. Remember, there is that special offer of £1.99 a month for a year when you join at theathletic.com forward slash Man United pod. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Right. We've all been to Wembley to watch Manchester United win the League Cup, but there was one very interesting attendee 
in a Manchester United suit, Andy Mitten. Avram Glazer here at the game, which considering everything that's going on around the club at the moment, that raised a lot of eyebrows, didn't it? Raised a lot of invoices. It's not cheap to bring him over here. <laughs> there were flags saying Glazer's out in the United end. There were songs saying Glazer's out in the United end. This is still going on from 2005. I think it's important to say that this was happening at a cup final as well because a lot of the sort of outside noise, the outside criticism of, of some of the protests against the ownership of Manchester United is, well, you only sing it when you're getting beat. I think fans' hopes were raised that the club was going to be sold and I think most Manchester United fans would still like the club to be sold. I think that the change of tone this week, that perhaps the Glazers might stay in charge, unnerved a lot of Manchester United fans. You're quite right. I think it's quite a lazy comeback to say, see, you're not singing now when you're winning. Well, actually, United fans have never stopped singing yep. about the Glazers. being out. Didn't stop in 05, didn't stop in 06. 06 and 05 were quite interesting, and I'll compare it to now. United won the League Cup in 06, and yes, it was only the Little League Cup, but it actually helped United become champions a year later, European champions a year after that, world champions. This is a stepping stone. So when Laurie said he just heard Eric Ten Hag talking about, this is just the start, that's what we hope. Actually, the, the rivals are pretty strong. I think Newcastle United are going to become even stronger. Yeah. But you would hope that the League Cup becomes the FA Cup, a serious title challenge. We've seen so much signs of progress this season on the pitch. That I would hate that to be unravelled because of the sale where a new owner comes in and messes with it or we have a continuation of life under the Glazers where you still have more uncertainty and nothing gets done to the stadium again. So he came here, Laurie was writing about it. Um, I saw him walk out of the stadium just behind Sir Alex Ferguson and he and his family have led to this situation. You know, you're not going to talk to the people who are paying you money for 20, for 16 years, then don't expect them to like you. No, uh, I think that's a fair comment completely. Um, it was interesting, Eric Ten Hag speaking about it in the press conference afterwards. Um, I was begging for someone to ask the question that you asked, Laurie, which was to clarify his initial answer, where he said something along the lines of his attendance here today, Avram Glazer, showed his intentions. He didn't mean that as... It sounded Eric Ten Hag, did he? No, I don't think so. And But it is intriguing, isn't it? He, so, I, yeah, I asked him, do you mean with the takeover? Like, his intentions with what he's going to do with the club? And he said, no, 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 sorry, thank you for the question and the opportunity to clarify, because I think that was what was in people's minds. Um, no, I, I'm talking about his commitment to the club going forward, which, I mean, still... It still kind of, was It still that, feels it? interesting, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, listen, he's, he's obviously come in and, he, you know, Avram Glazer, Joel Glazer have given him this job and he's, he's managed to win a trophy in his first season. So he's going to be, uh, you know, what else is he going to say in, in that regard? Um, and But I do, yeah, we, we wrote about this in advance of the game. We're getting some fans coming along saying that we're going to win the lot. Uh, Quadruple still on? No, no, joking, joking. Well, that that is a step away. from the C word to the Q word, Mr. Anchor. He can make them steps in them shoes, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and we, we wrote about this on Friday, I think. Uh, Dan Sheldon um, and I uh, put together a piece where we we're just hearing that you know the Glazers were reluctant, or, or Joel and Avram reluctant sellers, 
you know, the, the bids that were coming in from Sheikh Yassim and Sir Jim Ratcliffe weren't at the level they were asking for. So does that encourage them to stay? Do they find finance elsewhere? Do they try and buy out the siblings that way? You know, do they, where does, does it the stadium... encourage the two bidders to pay even more does money? It, exactly. So is, is this all a big negotiation tactic where Avram Glazer shows he's still here, shows the bidders that he's serious about potentially staying, therefore they go, actually, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, we need to get in there. Or the... Uh, information that we get is that Avram Glazer in his own way and he's shown that today is is still emotionally invested in Manchester United and or does he and Joel think that actually if Tenag manages to get this club back winning trophies if we manage to get the finance somehow to get a better stadium and therefore raise the revenues would this club be worth even more in years to come yeah I think it's really interesting to see the reappearance of Avram Glazer who I mean he's been anonymous for so long and Yes, you know the, the accusation is United fans don't sing when they're winning, and it's the thing of the Glazers tend to turn up when United are playing big games and or winning. You know there, there was the appearance of the Liverpool game as well, if I recall correctly. So I mean, Laurie said before about how possibly the Glazers were interested in taking Manchester United to ten billion, I believe so, back you know, a couple of years ago as well, and champ, you know, consistent Champions League football, more trips to Wembley. The, United get two or three more seasons on Ten Hag. Yeah, you could. There is another universe where the Glazers stay and possibly sell for even more. Which, mm, uh, whenever you're dealing with numbers as large as four to six billion and people who could possibly want ten billion, you should never really discount the most ridiculous thing from happening. And in a scenario like this, the most ridiculous thing could be Avram Glazer popping up at League Cup final going, oh, this is quite nice. Maybe I'll try being a owner of a football club for a bit longer. It was interesting, wasn't it? What happened when the trophy was presented? Because he was sat next to Richard Arnold for the game. He was stood up next to him. You know, Harry Maguire shook uh, Richard Arnold's hand and kind of didn't Avram Glazer. I don't know if he saw him. It was kind of a weird one. Um, Ten Hag did shake his hand. Um, but he came up on the big screen he got booed um, which, which you'd expect Ferguson gets on the big screen he gets cheered um, so that's the kind of uh, environment that, that you're in with, with Avram Glazer he's, he's never going to be a, a popular owner No, that motorbike's about the only thing louder than Jane <laughs> Sancho's uh, stereo system in the mix zone isn't it? I hope you caught the end of Laurie's answer there Andy, just on this obviously it's going to continue we will talk about it more in the podcast there'll be lots of coverage on The Athletic on the, the, the whole situation and the whole background to it but what would it actually mean if United stayed in control of the Glazers in a refinance way do you think? I've not seen a shred of evidence that Avram Glazer somehow emotionally invested in the fortunes of Manchester United as a, as a football team he's a businessman it's all about the bottom line and if it is a negotiating tactic then that's what people like him who've made a lot of money do and it's sad and obscene in some ways that it's come to this, but it has done. They've done nothing uh, illegal. They've seen a very good opportunity with Manchester United. They were allowed to do it. And they've now got a close to ideal scenario where you've got two, maybe three bidding parties. It could only be better for them if there were five or six, if there were even more sovereign wealth funds. Three, three bidding parties? Well, Elliott Group offering an option for them, okay. as well as the, the Ineos um, option and the Qatari bid as well. What will happen? Um, Old Trafford will still be full. I think um, if they were to stay, uh, they, they've got a, they would have an awful lot of work to do because you, you, I, I don't know one fan who wants them to stay. Uh, Old Trafford's development is a priority. 
the team will be a priority for most people and people who will never go to Old Trafford. It's all about the team and performances. So we talk a lot about mood and atmosphere. It's pretty good at the moment, isn't it? We're talking about something which is pretty concerning and downbeat, mm -hmm. but we're watching the best football. This season's been really enjoyable. Yeah. You know, you couldn't get tickets for today. Tickets were going for 1,400 quid today. You can't get season tickets. So if they were that good a businessman, expand Old Trafford and make more money and look at looking the medium or long term. They have instructed a bank to find them a seller. They'd look pretty shoddy if they said, actually, we're not going to sell. That, I think that would mark their credibility. But it's all about the bottom line for them. That's all it's about. Yeah. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, we stood here that long. We've been outside Wembley on the steps for that long that they seem to have predicted the next winner of the Carabao Cup because they've changed the arch to blue. That's not on, is it? It's had a turquoise, though. He plays in turquoise. It's more turquoise than me. Yeah, maybe it is a bit turquoise. Well, Dare I say it might be laser blue. The confetti, Ooh. have I mentioned this already on the pod? You have not. No, no, go on. <laughs> the confetti was obviously green and gold in reference to Newton Heath and the protests and, you know, Avram Glazer being here, or, or is it just because that's what Carabao colours are? Yeah, I think it could well be the Carabao. <laughs> I will say, Funny, wasn't it? you Carabao couldn't colours. get a can of Carabao in the media zone today it was a sprite and coca-cola are you saying that as a bad thing or I, i'm just mildly shocked that okay. there was no carabao in in the media room for the journalists for the carabao cup final you'd, you'd think one would be off you're 100 getting a crate of carabao to your carabao is an energy drink is it uh, nice it's it pretty you strong it keeps yeah. you awake trust me i've had two or three cans of carabao when I was filing articles at 2am in the morning in my first season covering Man United, I'll give you that. <laughs> okay, that was quite nice. Uh, should we bring it back to the football just to finish off then? Um, 
What sort of a springboard is this, Laurie, for what's next? I mean, we're, we're sort of like, well, this one here mentioned the Q word before, didn't he? But, you know, we're sort of looking at the FA Cup, we're looking at the Europa League after the win over Barcelona. For the rest of the season, for the work that Ten Hag's got ahead, for the future of Manchester United, what could this trophy do? Yeah, I think it, it, it gives that bind, doesn't it? It gives that platform, that inspiration, Eric Tenag mentioned. They've obviously got West Ham on Wednesday, uh, another competition. You feel like they've got such momentum at the moment uh, that, that they, they could progress there and, and then that then suddenly becomes a, a potential piece of silverware on the horizon. Is it last 16 of the FA Cup this time? Fifth round, is it? Yeah, yes. yeah. You need to ask. Uh, There's that many games. It's hard to keep up, isn't it? You, you need to ask people who make a living writing about football <laughs> for an answer there. I think it is. Yeah, I've never seen these three look so flummoxed. And I've asked but, you three some questions over time. I didn't think that one was well, difficult. I'll tell, you, is, does I'll tell you for a fact it's the last sixteen. Thank okay. you. I tell you, who does know. Eric Tenag is on the flight back right now. I think so. They're planning, having, you know, they had like a, a beer, and then they're flying straight back. You know, so there is celebration. He said it does mean something. It feels significant. He said no, it is. It's not business as usual. Well, he's, had a, he's had a dance with Anthony. And he's had a dance with them too. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a, a reference to his time at Ajax where they did that. And well, apparently they were dancing in Amsterdam as well, which sounded sort of. Interesting well, initially until I realised no, it on the pitch with Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounded like a bit of Mama Shelter, didn't it? It uh, certainly did. Yeah, maybe they've been there. But um, and 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 so it feels like they can have a celebration, but then they're back straight back to business. You know, it's it's you know they've got another game. They've got I don't know how many Wednesday? games. So yeah, but I do feel like this 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 is something that you know they, they go right brilliant. Just gives you that energy, doesn't it? Gives you that positive feeling. And and Barcelona lost today, you know, so they played at Old Trafford on Thursday and couldn't keep any form of momentum going and have lost, they've lost two matches now. And I remember I was saying a week ago, imagine if in a week's time we we'd beaten Barcelona and we've won at Wembley, and we have done. It's, it's really significant. In 90 minutes as well, which yeah. I thoroughly didn't expect both games to be done in 90 minutes. I mean, I mean, to be brutally honest, this League Cup final was pretty much done after an hour. Dead. After 2-0, wasn't it? Yeah. You just didn't, you, you thought, I thought Newcastle had, had shot their, not shot their load. <laughs> <laughs> Rephrase that, please, Mr. Whitwell. It's a family show, this. <laughs> had... Uh, punch their shot, shall I say? Because they started Pardon? really brightly, didn't they? I don't know what the expression just, I'm trying to go for is. Keep all this in. Okay. Um, and, and you just felt that once United... Given the role, that was probably the themselves themselves way. Punch themselves yeah. they, 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 That was their moment at the start of the game. If they were going to win this game, they had to score... That Alan St. Maxwell well well, shot when yeah. David Deja saves it. If they'd scored then, United perhaps would have you know got a little bit jittery. But they go ahead, they score a second, and then you just think, right, that Newcastle haven't got enough at the moment. They've got a few injuries. You could yeah. see their players were creaking in the second half. They didn't have enough to turn it around. So I, I felt pretty comfortable as soon as United went sooner. I, I will say, right before kickoff, when Newcastle fans were waving their black and white flags, I got a bit nervous. I had a moment of that is a really loud away opposition, how you want to call it, and I have watched Manchester United play big games and look visibly scared. You know terrible games at Anfield games against City and look visibly scared I, I just looked down and yeah you just saw Martinez Fernandez, Casemiro and I just nodding their heads and going they're not overawed by anyone anymore and they were six months ago 
I wish I'd seen that, but I was still in the queue outside the stadium. I'd have been the shocker pre-match. Is this fans turning up late or is this bad outside? Because 15 minutes before the game, the Newcastle end was absolutely packed and the Manchester United end was half full. That's because Newcastle fans got here at about half past eight this morning to make sure that they savoured every single aspect of the atmosphere. I was here at half eleven for for Sky outside the Novotel United's team hotel and it was absolutely 100% Geordie's. You know, barcodes yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Well, but the, the estimates went from about eighty thousand to a hundred thousand <laughs> to one hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how yeah. many Geordies were in? One hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. I call that the Celtic and Seville calculator. They reached the um, <laughs> UEFA final in two thousand and three, and they got allocated like twenty-one thousand tickets. And by the end of the year, they'd taken two point eight million fans <laughs> to Seville. <laughs> Look, if you've never left Newcastle, because he ain't got European football, you're going to have a weekend in that London, aren't you? They're the yeah. latest Manchester, target, aren't they, for you? Newcastle. Newcastle. I, yeah. I, I actually really respect him as a football club. Here it comes. Um, historically, They're I like, a good team, I like the city Here it comes. a lot. Well, they are a good team. We saw that today. Carrius didn't have a bad game. There was one be, bit, be careful, going back to the 80s, where Carrius went to take a kick and it was, whoa, yeah. your sh- <laughs> Be careful, Andy. We're go- going up there again soon, aren't we? We are. For an amaretto on ice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that where that it was started? Was where it was, yeah. oh. look, look where Manchester United fans have travelled to in the last six months. Lots of different venues. Newcastle fans not having played European football since the Elizabethan age. There it is. I can say that? Yeah, you can say that, can't you? You, you just did, yeah. yeah. It was Victorian, so Victorian last week, wasn't it? Age. I've got, I can remember him playing athletic Bilbao about The Georgian age. The Tudors would work, black and white. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So look, you're going to go to London, aren't you? And obviously they won the Battle of Trafalgar Square and I'm sure they'll get a <laughs> massive trophy for that and they'll have a trophy parade for that. We had more fans in Trafalgar Square the night before the game. Nice one, well done. I've got good mates with Geordies and if they listen to this, they'll know the spirit's intended. Uh, can I go back to my story about not being able to get in? Yeah, entrancey it was. It was an absolute shambles. We got here an hour before the game. I think that's the earliest I've ever got to a match as a fan anywhere ever and we still didn't see kickoff because the queue was that bad um, people were struggling to scan the tickets and all that sort of stuff but it only looked like our entrance it wasn't like any right. other entrance the rest of them seemed fine and our queue was massive and I couldn't get a pint anywhere before the game either because they'd shut all the pubs something like an hour and 45 minutes before so we ended up in some random like theatre restaurant place that looked closed but we just tried the door and, and drank cans of Camden Hells, 330 millilitres of them. Oh, yeah, 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 another yeah. 330 You're sponsored well, these... by them as well. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I don't know why. These are the good properties. You had a pretty, detail, had a pretty bad day then, haven't you, apart from the game? Apart from the game, yeah, and doing and this, this as well. Yeah. Now. At, like, these are the midnight. good problems United this fans can have again. Going to Wembley, being annoyed by Wembley Way Walk, being annoyed by the bad ticketing service of Wembley Way again. This is the good good annoying problems that come from when your football team is playing well you're going to start having that oh god we got three away games in a month I want to do this oh no do you really have to play City again for the third time no. in the quarter final over this it's happening I said last I said last on the Thursday episode we got a football team here and I genuinely believe now League Cup trophy in the bank whatever whatever happens between now and the end of the season, I don't think that Manchester United team is going to be scared or overawed by any opponent they're going to play between now and, and May, which you consider where it was at the start of the season is ridiculous. The Andy Mitten standard is on. It's nearly been met. Well, It's not, on. Not far <laughs> off. Tottenham won today, didn't they? Could do with them losing a few matches or hitting a bit of form. But yeah, top four on a trophy. It's on. Problem is you get greedy, don't you? You think top four ain't good enough. Should be winning the league. Can't be a trophy anymore. <laughs> Not just one trophy, two trophies, maybe yeah. three trophies. Yeah, I mean, that Europa League, 
Betis is a great draw. Oh, you've done this, by the way. I, I, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I meant to mention it. Your prediction on the last podcast was going out to Real Betis in the next round, and look yeah. who we've drawn. No, we won't go out to him. No? I, I, I'll predict now that Manchester United will beat Real Betis, and I've watched Real Betis several times this season, and they're a far inferior team to FC Barcelona. Beautiful place, Betis, as well, Laurie, isn't it? Love it. Great city. I, I nearly bit then. There's <laughs> <laughs> not a place, it's in Seville. Yeah, right. Well, I think that's a nice place to leave it. We're all smiling still. I can't believe they turned the arch blue, by the way. That's going to spoil. I told you we should have got. Aren't they like, is it not like a corporate sponsor? Is, aren't, isn't it sponsored by EE? And isn't that as the well. corporate yeah. colour of yeah. EE? Maybe. But before it was red when we were taking our pictures. But never mind. We still had a brilliant day. We won't let it spoil our moods. We hope you enjoyed. Your day watching Manchester United win a trophy again, but also listening back to this podcast and reliving every single moment too. Andy Mitten, thank you very much. Kyle Anker, thank you very much. Laurie Whitwell, thank you very much. Thanks for listening at home and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm not even going back to Manchester because I'm in the mama shelter. Athletic.